Welcome to another PI World podcast. This is an audio-only version offered as another way to enjoy our great content. A full video version can be seen on piworld.co.uk, where you can find many more videos of interest to investors. Good afternoon, everybody. Delighted to be able to talk you through our 2021 full-year results. I think title slides the, the, the key one, a transformational year for the group. Just to give you some context about us as a franchisor, we now are the largest UK property franchisor. We operate out of nine distinct brands, three of those being national, six of those being regional. And national brands are Martin & Co, which is predominantly lettings, Hunters, which is predominantly sales, and Umove, which is our hybrid disruptor brand. And then six regional brands, um, very strong, CJ Hull, Parkers, Country Properties, Whitegates, Ellis & Co and Mullocks. And that gives a significant scale um, uh, after the Hunters acquisition. We now trade out of 590 uh, distinct territories, including Umove. Uh, Umove in its own right now operates out of 167 territories. Uh, we manage as a group 74,000 properties on behalf of landlords in the UK. And in 2021, post-acquisition, so we completed on 26,000 um, exchanges. Um, if you take the full year of Hunters, that was 29,500 exchanges, which puts us you know, in the top three in the country in terms of um, uh, scale. Um, what's our purpose? It's to support our franchise business owners, helping them to become more successful and more profitable. And our vision is to achieve an increasing UK market share of lettings, state agency transactions and property related financial services. Um, that gives you some idea about us as a group. Summary for the period, we've just released record financial performance driven by a very active residential sales market and the progress we made on our strategic growth initiatives that we launched back in September 2020. Busy period in terms of acquisitions, as previously discussed, we acquired Hunters in March of last year. In April of last year, we signed a five-year distribution agreement with LSL for our financial services proposition. And in September, we completed on a call centre-based mortgage business up in the northeast called the Mortgage Genie. So pretty busy last year on, in terms of acquisitions. We had a record year in terms of franchise recruitment in New Move. We sold 58 territories in the year, and we put together that yeah, over the 12 months a really strong leadership team. You know, we have real plans to drive this business forward over the next three to five years. There's there's huge opportunity, but but in order to sort of you know release that opportunity, we needed. Um, a, a really strong management team. And I'm delighted to say we've, we've, we've put that management team in place and that's already showing real signs of paying dividends. Um, so that gives you a little bit of colour in terms of what we've been up to in the last 12 months. I'm going to hand you over to David, our CFO, to talk you through the financial highlights. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, I'm sure you followed the story. So you'll, you'll know last year um, we, we bought Hunters, which was always going to drive forward um, both our network revenue and, and our group revenue and, and our MSF and our profitability. Um, and we were you know, in a good good lettings market and a buoyant sales market. So, um, you know, network income up 67 percent to 157 million pound group revenue up 118 percent to 24 million pound. A management service fees up 57% to 14.7 and of, of all those clearly the management service fees is, is the most important element because within there is both recurring revenue and um, revenue generated by franchisees which is getting quite akin to recurring revenue because they're good substantial size these days and um, we can predict their performance year on year. 
Profitability-wise, well, if you strip out the exceptionals and the costs of buying hunters and the amortization that comes from that that we have to put through as accountants and just look at the underlying position, then adjusted EBITDA are up 81% to £10.4 million and was operating margin, just operating margin at 40% down on, on 2020. And there's one significant reason for that in that we have 10 owned offices now with the acquisition of Hunters, and that's a lower margin business. So despite us um, making some um, synergy so far, um, it wasn't too much of a surprise for us to see that margin drop back. And um, our you know, um, need requirement um, and your expectation of us should be that we will drive that forward again. Um, I've always wanted us to stay um, above 40% and um, generally we managed to buy businesses, bring them in and, and achieve that. And uh, I see no reason why we shouldn't do that again this year. Headline profit before tax up 35% to 6.4 million. And importantly, um, buying hunters just when we did in a buoyant sales market generated quite a lot of cash above and beyond our expectations. Um, the result of that was that net debt at the end of the year was 2.7 million. Uh, we are um, just about net debt zero at this moment in time. And we'll stay that way continuously unless we buy um, another business this year or next year. So, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see as net cash positive from here on in. All this activity, all the growth, all our commitment to continue to pay a progressive dividend and to maintain our yield led us to the decision that we needed to pay a final dividend for this year of uh, 7.8p, which takes the total for the year to 11.6, and that's up 33% on 2020. And lastly, you know, where, where do we sit in terms of earnings per share? So we've got adjusted basic in here. I mean, it's not too different if you put the diluted number, but up 61% to 27p. So good growth over uh, 2020 and uh, justification for why the, the dividends increased along, alongside it. And we still have more than two times adjusted uh, earnings cover on our divi. So still strong position. This is a snapshot of where we are. High street led brands that are like of Martin Co, CJ Hole, LS Co, the brands we've had with us for a good number of years now. Um, then we've got an um, U Move and then and then Hunters come in um, as of, of March this year. So how many trading territories between them? Well, 590. Um, not quite split evenly between the high street led and, and Hunters, but close. And what's noticeable is that U Move's catching up at a fast rate now. Um, and it will do. Um, this year we'll see it um, probably will, will top out beyond 200 and, and look very similar respect to the high street led. So, um, you know, there's real, there's real growth there. Managed properties, well, the bulk of the managed properties today exist in the high street led brands. Um, there are some in Hunters and some in Umove. That's an area of growth for both Umove and for Hunters, and we'll be working on that this year. Properties sold, 10,000 in the high street led brands, nearly half that in, in Umove. And, and nearly 12,000 in Hunters. So the high street led brands have had a pickup in their sales activity. I've commented on that in the commentary that's gone out in the RNS. They are something like 45% up those high street led brands on sales um, in 21 versus um, not 2019. And the market's only up 20 or 25%. So they're, they're starting to pick up their sales activity again, which is good. Um, don't, don't want anyone to think we don't prize lettings because we do but there's an opportunity there for, for the sales activity and that's moved on and then financially well yeah revenue is almost evenly split between um, high street led brands and hunters 
Hunters will be more than the high street led bands in 2022 because the owned offices um, are a uh, substantial element of the Hunters revenue. So they both have revenue coming from their owned offices and revenue coming from franchisees. Um, and as you can see in the number below, three and a half of the 9.8 for Hunters came from franchise network. So the difference in the whatever it was, 41 weeks that we owned the business in 21, it's all down in the majority to owned offices. Margin-wise, again, just looking at high street-led brands, which includes the PLC, cost 54%. New moves just standalone, 39, hundreds at 37. Um, some work to do there to, to get them up to the, the high street-led brand level, um, but um, that's underway. New move has been, well, well it's, a, a, it's a success story, that's for sure. Um, you know, there were some nervous moments in 2017, having just bought the business. Um, it was just breaking even on a 2 million turnover. And progressively, I suppose each year we've improved that business and the structure around it, led by Nick Neal. And this year we've seen ourselves top out at just over four million of turnover and one and a half million of adjusted PBT. Profit for tax is almost the same in in, in new movers as, as adjusted PBT. So that's good growth. And um, we've brought in 58 franchisees in in 2021 who will start to contribute to that revenue um, in 2022. So um, we're, we're quite confident that um, the trend will continue on for at least the next year. And if our recruitment carries on at current pace, uh, which it seems to be capable of doing, then um, we should see the sort of growth that we're, we're seeing 2021 continue on even if it's just slightly muted by um dropping the sales market because we will have franchisees who are getting um to grips with um listing houses and um exchanging and selling them uh, and that volume will, will um will probably um, mirror any sort of drop down in the market for, for you move in 2022 what did our revenue look like one year to the next the big change from the right to the left is owned offices, which now account for 20 odd percent of our revenue. That is the significant change right now. Now, yeah, revenue will grow, um, the owned office revenue element will grow, and I would imagine it's going to say around 20% uh, of total revenue here for the year, a few years to come at least. The um, bit that we've nicked grow at within the 2021 revenue is financial services, which you can see in there just 2%, and, and we'll try to drive that on as we move um, out forward over the next couple of years. MSF split, well, pre-Hunters, so the 2020 numbers, um, a sort of 70-30 split between lettings and sales. Post-Hunters in the 2021 market, we see 53% lettings and um, 46% sales contribution. That will start to drift back just naturally as the sales market um, comes off the ball in 2022. We'd like to think that's going to get back to 60%, but the market's proving a bit stronger from a sales perspective than we thought it would do. So we'll just have to keep an eye on that. But um, overall, we'd want our mix to be 60-40 um, in favour of lettings or a bit stronger. And that's that's kind of where our, our, our view is at this moment in time. And on a like-for-like -like basis, so excluding hunters, you just get a feeling for, you know, the impact of the market. It took the sales MSF from 29% to 38%, and the, consequently you saw a similar drop down in, in the contribution from lettings. So the traditional brands have been benefiting from that, and again, that mix will move back a bit more in favour of lettings in 2022.
we put these graphs in here just to give you an idea of the market and what was happening in 2021 over prior years. So on the left-hand side, you've got the lettings market, which you can see we had a lockdown early part of 2021. And then the market picked up and transactions started and we had a good run really through the year. The second half of 2021 looking much more like the second half of 2020. But yeah, a good run to the end of the year. And, and that was pleasing to see. The only thing we didn't really notice was a large number of tenants deciding for um, to reprioritize, I guess, what they wanted from their property and to move from one to another. But that may well be just because of lack of stock on the market and people fearing that they, they might not find the right property. But we'll, we'll wait and see as 22 develops and see if that starts to be a trend or not. And people are generally you know, looking for different properties than the ones they're in and whether that generates any transactions. And on the right hand side, we have the impact of the stamp duty holiday. Everyone thought it was going to end in March. So there was a peak there. It's elements of it did end in June. So we saw a, a quite a significant spike there. And then again in September as, as the scheme came to an end. What happened throughout the period in the, the trust between one peak and another was that sales were still being agreed at quite considerable rates. And we came out of 2021 with a sales agreed pipeline of 26 and a half million pounds which is substantial start to um, into any year and, and um, so you know we'll feel that, feel that benefit in 2022 um, coupled with a stronger market than, than we expected so far. So final slide for me before I hand back to Gareth is what's been happening to our cash. So on the right hand side we started 2021 with 8.8 .8 million of, of cash in the bank and we generated 8.9 from operations. The net cash um, we spent on, on hunters was 30 million pound, a little bit on mortgage genie, We've purchased some assets along the way and assisted some franchisees to buy portfolios. So that's 200,000 that's gone out of uh, the bank. We disposed of Orcs Group, which included Auxilium, because it didn't fit with our need to ramp up our capacity to serve all our franchisees with a financial service offering. So we sold that business and with it went £300,000 worth of cash. We borrowed 12.5 million to fund the transaction with Hunters, paid a little bit back, about 1.4 million uh, to Barclays during the year also paid off Hunter's loans with HSBC. So the net we effectively ended up with 8.1 million coming into the group. Dividends cost us 2.9 million. And then a few other movements, including the rent that we pay, um, cost us another million pounds. And we ended with cash um, of 8.4 million for the year. Important uh, number really is the net cash generated from operations, which was 8.9 million. Of that, um, if you sort of do the online analysis, uh, 8.7 of it is what we call free cash flow. So that's cash that's available to either buy another business, um, to pay uh, dividends, um, to invest in loans to franchisees to buy portfolios. Um, they're the three most common things you can use it for with us. Um, so 8.7 million, and that converts into 27p free cash flow per share, which is a strong growth from the 20p at last year. And, um, you know, I. I would suspect um, because we don't have the exceptional cost of buying hunters, if we don't buy anything else this year and we're just in steady state, then that's probably going to drift up to about 30p um, without us having to grow the business too much. So that just gives people an idea of, of, of where we are from a free cash that's available either to invest back in the business or to pay um, additional dividends. Now I'm going to hand back to Gareth. Brilliant. Thank, thank you, David. Um, uh, so, so those of you that have uh, sat in on these presentations before will will, will find the next piece uh, uh, familiar. Um, uh, we came out of COVID in September 2020, and that had given me six months to really assess the business and look at where the opportunity existed. 
Um, and, and in September 2020 at the roadshows, we, we, we announced our sort of six growth initiatives that we were launching across the business uh, for the future. Um, those being lettings growth, developing the residential sales side of the business within Martin & Co, um, financial services growth, you move recruitment, and our aspiration was to double the size of the territories we occupied at the time in September 2020, that was 115. So we were committing to doubling that to 230 by the end of 2022. We talked about acquisitions at a franchisor and franchisee level and our aspiration to look to grow the group. And we talked about building a best in class digital marketing strategy to enable us to maximize that sort of big data play um, with, with, with all of the offices collecting, you know, lots of consumer data and, and, and being able to market effectively to that to drive additional revenue um, and all of those were aspirational back in September 2020 and today really is to give you an update as to how we performed over the last sort of 15 months in those strategic initiatives so looking at lettings growth and this has changed a little bit really in the last sort of six months so we now manage as a result of the hunters acquisition 74,000 properties on behalf of landlords that puts us probably Number two, number three in the marketplace in terms of corporate estate agency looking after rental properties and gives us real scale. Last year, we completed on 1,270 assisted acquisitions, which adds about 1.2 million pounds of network income annualized and to us at 9% around about 110,000 pounds. And then we're gonna talk about rent inflation. So if I look at you know, our aspirations moving forward, 1,270 assisted acquisitions last year was disappointing, but the market was so busy uh, and the opportunity was quite low. We set ourselves a target this year um, to, to try and complete on 5,000 additional units and already the opportunity being offered to us, partly because of the acquisition of hunters um, increasing our footprint and partly because I think there's more people looking to um, uh, sell their portfolio and retire. Um, we're really confident we can push that number towards 5,000 in 2022 uh, and beyond. That will be a target that, that, that we, we have for the next five years to try and get us to 100,000 managed properties in that time period. Um, the, the, the one that's come up on us over the last sort of six, seven months is rent inflation. And rent inflation starts to become a really big upside when you're dealing with 74,000 managed properties. Give you some anecdotal sort of information a friend of mine had a had an apartment two-bed apartment in newcastle um, that he'd rented for the last three years at about at about 750 pounds a month that became vacant um in in october and within two days he'd managed to secure a new tenant but at a new rent of 950 pounds per month so there's real pressure on rent partly because of the active sales market we saw last year uh, partly because rents have been sort of um, stabilized through the COVID period, people stay put. So every property that now comes up onto the market is being reassessed and um, you know the, the, the rents that are being achieved are significantly higher than before. Um, and, and none of that was built into our plan for 2022 and, 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 and that's quite exciting. We, we believe over the next three years we'll see rent inflation um, uh, you know, around about the sort of seven to eight um, percent, which, which will make a big difference. Um, uh, to the bottom line. David touched on the next growth initiative, which was residential sales. So again, when I came into the business, I was surprised to see Martin & Co, which was predominantly a lettings agent, having 100 offices that did less than 10 exchanges in 2019. 
So we put in place a support structure, some training, some webinars to upskill our franchisees to take advantage of the sales market that was out there. And I'm delighted to report that average sales per office last year were up 45% on 2019. Um, the opportunity is still huge. So, so that work hasn't finished. That work is ongoing and more and more people are coming to the table and, and, and asking for help and asking for, you know, what they should do in terms of recruitment and how they should market their business from a sales perspective. And, and we're able to help those franchisees develop their sales business and um, increase their turnover and profits. Um, financial services growth. I joined the group in February 2020 and was surprised that we had no financial services proposition in the old business. When we started talking to hunters back in November 2020, I was even more surprised that a sales agent, a predominantly sales agent, also had no financial services proposition. And over the next four or five months, David and I went, you know, talked to all the all the usual usual suspects that offer, you know, um, a, a mortgage proposition and we talked to LSL, we talked to MAB, we talked to Just Mortgages, and we narrowed it down to two, and, and, and LSL came out on top. Um, and what we've now got in place is, you know, an option for every franchisee to engage. So whether that be on a light touch basis, passing a lead into a call centre, whether it be having a financial consultant in your office um, supplied by LSL, or whether it's um, the, the sort of full fat version, which is having your own financial services business. We've now identified every single franchisee, whether they're going to be tier one, tier two, tier three. Um, and, and I think the breakdown will be, you know, 60 to 70 will want their own financial services business and we're helping them uh, achieve that. 60 or 70 will want a, a, a local financial consultant um, in their office. Um, and then the rest will go through the call center. So, so there's a huge opportunity for growth in financial services. I think last year was, was difficult in terms of recruitment um, because the market was just so buoyant. Um, and we've already seen this year that the, 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 the recruitment of financial advisors has, has picked up significantly. And what we've also put in place alongside LSL is an academy approach where we can get non-experienced financial consultants employed put through CMAP 1, 2, and 3, um, uh, and, and then supervised until they, they, they secure cash status. Um, and that's, that's been very appealing to a number of our franchise um, franchisees staff. Uh, and I think we've had 14 people go through the CMAP qualification so far. Um, so that grow your own mentality is certainly there and, and needs to be in, a, in an industry that is short of financial consultants. Um, so, so the majority of franchisees are engaged. The other big piece that we put in place last year was we set up Hunter's Financial Services and that's for the owned offices. And we have a team of six financial consultants now servicing the Hunter's Financial Services business. And we also then acquired Mortgage Genie back in September. And Mortgage Genie is a Northeast based call center operation ran by a guy called Matt Stevens, who's incredibly enthusiastic and um, has, has really sort of flourished since he came into the group because you know, he'd set this business up from scratch and built it to sort of the level he could with the, 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 the limited resources he had available to him and, you know, wanted to join forces with us to be able to grow and scale that business. Um, and, and we currently operate 11 financial consultants out of that business. And our view is we can build that to 20 by the end of the year and possibly 30 uh, by the end of 2023. So, um, so we've made real strides in 2021 from a financial services perspective and are really excited about that 
throughout 2022, 2023 and beyond. We've touched on U-Move recruitment. You know, I've said before, U-Move is our sort of hidden gem. People don't quite understand the value of U-Move. When you consider the amount of money that's been pumped into Purple Bricks and Yopa and Strike, and they've you know, pretty much failed, they're all on the decline. U-Move has been a, a resounding success in that space. And last year was really satisfying to have our best ever year on recruitment and going from 115 consultants to 167 by the end of the year um, with a focus to you know, get to that 230 number by the end of this year. So our best ever year on recruitment uh, it's quadrupled its profits since um, 2018, last year making 1.5 million. Um, recruitment started slower actually in January this year. Uh, but it's then significantly picked up. So we're, we're, you know, we're back in line with our performance last year in terms of recruitment in the first three months of this year. So, so that, that success story has continued, um, so much so that we've looked at the model, we've looked at Hunters, and we've decided to, well, we've launched Hunters Personal Agent as Hunters Expansion Model for the future, which is great news. You know, we attract predominantly inexperienced estate agents into UMove and obviously have to induct them correctly, train them correctly and supervise them correctly when they're in their early stages with us. We very much see the Hunters brand as being established and attractive to existing estate agents. And coming out of COVID, you know, this work-life balance and, you know, the, 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 the do, doing it for yourself sort of mentality has certainly come to the fore. Um, so, and also we've got 200 offices that operate the Hunters brand already. So it's an established brand. So you know, we, we've got five expressions of interest. I think we've signed one of them up um, so far. We expect to sign the other four people up in the next month or so. Um, so we've got off to a really good start with the Hunter's personal agent model um, and, and, you know, see that very much as you know, improving the margin of Hunter's over the next um, five years. Acquisitions at a franchise or franchisee level, really busy on acquisitions last year. Obviously, Hunters took up most of our time. We acquired that in March and have been working flat out to integrate that into the business since. And then a smaller acquisition with Mortgage Genie being purchased in September. We're still acquisitive. David talked about the cash position and the fact that we generate quite a bit of cash. And so we're keen to explore other opportunities, be that at a franchisee level or a um, financial services level. Um, and then the final piece of the growth initiatives was this digital marketing. And again, we've built a really robust platform. We now have a customer for life journey. We now communicate with all of our customers across the group on a regular basis with uh, relevant calls to action, which are generating valuations back to the offices, mortgage appointments into the Embrace call center and the Mortgage Genie call center. Um, and, you know, we will continue to develop that throughout this year. And, uh, we, we see that very much as a, 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 a massive part of our future. Uh, the other bit of technology we're looking at at the moment is, is a, a sort of referral tool which sits in the middle. And if a, if a customer goes into Newcastle with a house to sell in Bournemouth, the software will identify that there's an opportunity for Bournemouth that they would not, otherwise wouldn't have, wouldn't have been able to secure. So, um, so, so we're looking at that and we hope to have that live by by. Um, June. Um, so that gives you a little bit of an update about um, our strategic growth initiatives. Um, to, to, to execute on that, we needed to build an industry-leading executive team. And so in the background over the last sort of 12 months, we've been putting together what I consider to be probably one of the strongest teams in the industry. 
And clearly, David and I couldn't oversee the larger business and have had to put a structure in place that's going to be effective and be able to execute on those growth initiatives. So to introduce you to the team, we've got Eric Walker, MD Martin and Co. South in Scotland. Eric's you know, bit, bit, spent the last 15 years in franchising, worked for Northwood, uh, Belvoir, um, uh, and lastly, ourselves. Um, he's a franchise expert, a lettings expert, and loves compliance. Um, so so uh, he's he's really valuable to the team. He keeps us uh, yeah, he keeps us safe um, and, and and a great recruit. Uh, we then took um, last year Ellie Hall in as MD of Martin and Co Midlands North. Ellie's specialism, I guess, is is acquisitions, letting book acquisitions, which we're really keen to do this year. Um, she, she's worked for Belvoir and LSL, and probably over the last ten years has acquired more portfolios than anyone else in the industry. Um, and, and is really focused on helping our franchisees identify identify those opportunities, um, do the correct DD, agree the right price and the right structure of payments. Um, and, 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 you know, we're already seeing a massive upturn in the number of inquiries that are coming into the group as a result of Ellie's appointment. Gareth Williams was MD of Marnico Midlands and North last year and then, then came away from that to help me with financial services and the Mortgage Genie acquisition. And has lastly been appointed MD of Hunters. And Gareth's real sort of skill set is, is FS implementation and driving a result and, and, and residential sales improvement. Um, so, so, so fits that Hunters business incredibly well and um, is two weeks into the role. So, so can't say too much, but, but we'll do a great job. Um, we've got Nick Neal, MD of UMove. Nick Neal started actually as a UMove franchisee and liked it so much he decided to run the business, um, like that Remington advert of the 80s. Um, and has done an incredible job, uh, you know, absolutely buys into the brand, sets the culture, um, absolutely credible, and, and, and is a big part of why our recruitment uh, figures are so good. Um, so Nick Neal, really good MD of um, uh, UMove. We've got Kate Randall, who's the MD of the Experience Group, which is CJ Hole, Ellis & Co, Parks & Whitegates. She heads up our marketing team and our supplier negotiations, and she takes the lead on um, ESG. Um, and, and again, Kate's you know, driving that digital marketing strategy that we talked about earlier um, really effectively. Um, we talked about Matt Stevens, MD of Mortgage Genie. You know, um, great guy really enthusiastic, bags of energy, bags of ideas, um, and, and will grow within the group. Um, it's quite lonely running your own business, and, and, and I think Matt's really coming out of himself and, and, and will really flourish as part of the wider group. And then very recently, some of you will have read the announcement, Glynis Frew, to 65 in December, decided that she wanted to take a little bit of a step back, but wanted to stay with the group. She'd loved the sort of 12 months or nine months she'd had with us, and, you know, we've got some... Uh, regulation um, uh, stuff coming upon us from the government in terms of ROPA um, and, and you know, running 600 individual franchise businesses is our responsibility to make sure we make that as smooth as possible for those business owners. Um, Glynis is passionate about people, passionate about training and development and is absolutely the right person to head that up for the group. So although the government is sort of stalling on that legislation at the moment and, and we haven't got that much clarity, We've invested in Glidis to run that, head that up, be part of the groups, the working parties that are undoubtedly going to be set up before we get that final uh, paper. Um, and then work out how we navigate our franchisees through that as cost effectively and comfortably as possible. Um, 
so 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 in the background we've been putting this team together we're delighted that you know we we, we are yeah we couldn't do we couldn't run this business without these people that they've, they've done a cracking job over the last 12 months and uh, are, are really a big part of the future for this group um so that gives you some idea about uh, our, our um, exec team market updates you know when we were budgeting in sort of september october our view was that the sales market would probably fall back a little bit in 2022 you know last year was the busiest market i've known in 30 years in the industry and we believed it would probably fall back about 20 percent and normalize towards 2019's levels so last year we think there was about 1.5 million transactions and we budgeted to believe there'd be 1.2 million transactions um, and I don't think we're wrong with that. However, quarter one is significantly ahead of that prediction. So, so the houses coming onto the market are still being snapped up. There's still um, incredible demand for almost anything that comes onto the market. There's still people paying over asking price. So, so that downturn in the market hasn't happened yet, but we are acutely aware of all of the potential issues that are to come this year with inflation and interest rate rises and and clearly the, the the horrific things that are going on in in um uh the ukraine at the moment so um so, so we still believe you know it's prudent to be talking about 2019 transaction levels currently rental demand exactly the same you know stick a stick a property on the market to rent it's gone within days we've talked about rental increases prices going up and still two three four people for every property that becomes vacant Final bit, you know, rent inflation has begun to impact and UK rents are currently up over 8%. So, so that gives you some idea about the, the market at the moment, incredibly busy and, and, and showing no signs of um, letting up. Outlook touched on this, quarter, quarter one started better than hoped from a sales and lettings perspective. Our strategic initiatives continue to support growth momentum. And I think, you know, the key thing to sort of take away from today is you know we've got our budget we've made you know that the, the assumptions on that pretty prudent and, and and we know where we're going um the upside to our business is the strategic growth initiatives that i've talked you through earlier um and, and we are absolutely focused on those to keep driving those we've got the team that's able to drive those forward on a day-to-day -day basis and we've got a relationship with our franchisees now that embraces that you know opportunity and and, and embraces that help that we're able to give them so so, so that that's the excitement David and I have within the group that you know all of this is in is a, is on top. It, you know, depending on how well we execute, depends on you know how, how big that number becomes. We're awake to the macro environment headwinds. So far, property market remains pretty robust, and our ultimate goal is and always will be you know to support our franchisees in in order to help them become more successful and more profitable. Um, and I think if you've got that intent every day, you get out of bed, um, you're on the right track. Um, uh, and we remain confident in our ability to grow our group and deliver on our, on our strategic initiatives. Many thanks, Gareth. And our first question, thank you for the presentation and congratulations on a busy and fantastic year. I'm a very satisfied shareholder and long may it continue. And they've got loads of questions. So I'll ask you them one by one. Um, with respect to targets for you move of 230 properties, this would require an extra 63 this year versus only 21 additions in half two. Could you comment? I think the maths are right, actually. Um, so, so yes, um, we we 
um, certainly sold more in half one last year than we did in half two. Um, uh, recruitment in January and February, as I said earlier, was was subdued. Um, uh, but in the back end of February and March, it's got back on track to quarter one 2021 level. So I'm actually really encouraged by the amount of people looking to uh, understand a little bit more about UMove. There's more people attending Discovery Days. Obviously, it's a really stretching target. Um, but, but you know, looking at the pipeline of people we've got, the interest that's being uh, created on a weekly basis, the discovery days that are being attended, the ratio between discovery day attended and uh, final sign-up meeting. Um, we, we're really encouraged currently that, that we've got enough opportunity to be able to hit that number. Great, thank you. And what's the difference between Hunter's Personal and you Move? Would it not make more sense to concentrate on one? Uh, so, okay, so, so not a lot of difference between you movement and Hunter's personal agent, a few tweaks to the model, but but generally we've got a great model in you move that we wanted to um, uh, uh, pass over to Hunter to give them the opportunity. Um, <clears throat> I think each brand has their own expansion uh, strategy. Uh, so, so in Martin and Co last year, we talked about new offices and spokes and spokes were just an extension of existing territory into a more lucrative area that maybe didn't um, fit into their, their, their contracted territory. And we did 17 of those in Martin and Co last year, well, Martin and Co and the Experience Group. We opened eight new offices in, in Martin and Co and the Experience Group last year, which was a, the best for what, 10 years, David? Oh, yeah. Um, which which is really you know encouraging, but was a result of a very busy sales market and the agents having quite quite a lot of money in their pockets. They 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 wanted to go and spend and expand. Um, hunters have historically done conversions of existing estate agents to turn into the hunters brand, um, and 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 that in sort of 14, 15, 16, 17 was was very lucrative. They were probably the fastest expanding uh, franchise business in 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 the UK. And then started to sort of slow down a little bit, and and would still look at conversions. That's not an issue. But hunters needs something that's that's modern, that's that's for now, and and with with a brand and a culture and a tradition that's going to appeal very much to experienced estate agents. The personal agent model within hunters is is absolutely right for the next five years. And if we can if we can achieve what we've achieved in you move in hunters that significantly increases the value of that business. Um, one other thing to point out, um, I may have talked about it already, um, you know, you move attracts non-experienced non estate agents in the main. Our belief is that hunters will attract experienced estate agents. So they're not eating each other's lunch. They're, they're very much focused on their own expansion. And, and that's absolutely right, yeah. Thank you. I see that one of the adjustments to earnings per share relates to the deferred tax charge of 1.2 million. Why was this adjusted out? Do you not intend to pay the higher rate? Some of it's related to the acquisition, isn't it, at the end of the day, um, and, and therefore related to the amortisation that you're seeing going through. So on a similar basis that we've adjusted out the amortisation on consolidation, we've adjusted out the deferred tax that relates to it. I think they're entirely consistent. Um, but yes, we'll all be paying the higher rate when it comes round. I mean, if anybody knows of a way to pay less than uh, that, um, you know, is legitimate, then please let me know. But otherwise, we're all paying it. 
Thanks very much, David. Um, how can we expect ancillary services revenue to evolve? Is this expected to be a bigger part of the business going forward? And what are the targets for the financial services business over the next two to five years? Okay. Um, so, so, yes, it's expected to grow. Um, FS, um, yeah, I, I guess our, our aspiration was always over the next five years to, to, to build um a, a business that could deliver between one and one and a quarter uh, pbt on top of the group's uh results i actually think that's you know quite pessimistic i think we can do better than that if we if, if we get to understand financial services but you know a million pounds let's say uh bottom line uh, um other ancillary services will um also add some value to the bottom line so so you know our, our you know our focus is on on you know maximizing um the, the the money our franchisees can take out of each part of the transaction educating them on the stuff they're missing training their staff on how to uh, uh become be, become good at um uh, spotting that opportunity so financial services um uh, combining um uh, survey and valuation there, there, there's a there's a there's a number of ancillary services that once you capture that customer and you know the hub is capture that customer and sell their house and we do that 30,000 times a year um, and within each transaction you've got a buyer and a seller and 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 they are all um, or the majority of which need some of these products so 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 yeah it's a big big focus in those growth initiatives over the last uh, sorry the next five years and Tamsin. Great thank you now all of those questions were from that one shareholder who now goes on to say more of a comment finally please extend my thanks and congratulations to Richard on his retirement his statement was very reassuring given his impact building the business and we'll move on to another question now you move how much does a territory cost? Uh, territory costs um, £5,000 to purchase um, that territory for a five-year term. They get six months then free to set their business up um, and then they pay um, a business in a box charge of about £1,310 um, and a completion fee on every successful transaction of about £250. Great, thank you very much. And what's the um, pipeline like for further M&A? We, we get offered you know, various businesses almost every week. Um, so some of them fit, some of them don't. I wouldn't say there's a big pipeline currently. Um, we, we've got, you know, a couple of opportunities that we're looking at, um, uh, one in the franchise space, one in the um, financial services space. Um, but, but you know, I, I think our, our, our task in 2021 was to demonstrate we, we were we had the ability as a management team to integrate a business the size of Hunters. You know, when we talked to shareholders this time last year, they said, congratulations on the acquisition, but now the hard work starts and you need to demonstrate to us that you can integrate this business. I think we've, we've worked incredibly hard and, and done a, a really good job with the Hunters team to, to, to bring those two businesses together and deliver, you know, what is a, a, a fabulous set of results. Um, so, you know, second half of the year, we'll refocus on, on you know, what opportunities exist. Um, they, they are becoming fewer. Um, uh, there's not many big, you know, franchise lettings businesses out there to snap up. Um, we'd love there to be more. Um, there, there's a big opportunity on financial services because it's, it's a really fragmented space. Um, 
there's some quite interesting stuff in the in the sort of uh, tech space, which which you know is 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 interesting, sort of lettings um, tech, um, but but nothing that I'd say is is you know there at the moment that, that I'd want to talk about. Thank you very much, and that is the end of questions. Gareth, do you have any closing remarks? Uh, just, just thank you very much for attending. Thank you for your time. You know, as, as I said earlier, we're incredibly excited about 2022, 2023 and, and, and what has in store for the business. And I look forward on a, to, to being able to update you in September when we, when we announce our half year results. PI World videos and podcasts are for general information and interest. They do not constitute any kind of recommendation or inducement to buy shares of any company. PI World is not offering any kind of financial advice and nothing in our material should be taken as such.